Welcome to the Sojo Show with Jen and AJ, where you'll dig deep into God's Word alongside two imperfect, frequently ineloquent women as we discover fresh ways to walk out God's truth together. All right, welcome back to the Sojo Show. We are so glad that you are here. I actually have a special treat. So normally, AJ and I are together, as you guys know, and uh, and so sadly, you're not going to hear her voice on the other end, but that is okay because, no, that's not okay. I'm sorry. Well, I wish she was here, but we have a very special treat for you and that we have a guest with us today. So I'm going to introduce her in just a second, but let me tell you, if you've been following along, We are talking about anxiety this month on the podcast and biblical responses to anxiety and um, really the way uh, the word can direct us in both healing and in just managing the normal aspects of life. And it's just been a really, really good, a good uh, time. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Anne Swindell. Now, Anne is, you may know her name already because she's written on lots of things. I mean, you've seen her in maybe a gospel coalition. She's been a guest on Risen Motherhood podcast, Encourage, Proverbs 31 ministry. There's just all kinds. She's just been everywhere. Okay. Uh, I first met her actually through, I saw her on Hunter Belis's podcast, which is Journey Women podcast. And she's a She's a dear friend of mine and everybody that she kind of connects with, I kind of know I want to connect with too. And so, so that's, that was my first introduction with Anne actually, but she's a writer. She has a writing course called writing with grace, and she has written a new book and this, that's why she's here today. And the book is called the path to peace. And it is the subtitle is experiencing God's comfort when you're overwhelmed. So As you can tell by the title, this is going to fit in very nicely with what we're talking about. So, Anne, is there anything about yourself or your bio that you would like to share with with our our masses of people? (laughs) Oh, man. No, Jen, I think you did it. You might have overdone it a little bit. I'm blushing over here. But uh, (laughs) thanks for having me. I'm so looking forward to our conversation and getting to be part of the Sojo community here. I'm grateful. Yeah, well, we are glad to have you. So this book that you wrote now, um, guys, here's the thing. I actually have, well, I say I've read it. I don't really read. I've listened to it. <laughs> um, I listened to it on Audible. And here's the really cool thing. You read it. I did. On Audible. She I did. Narrator. So I already feel like I sort of know Anne. Because I've listened to her voice for however many hours. For many hours. Many hours. Isn't oh, wow, that Jen. Cool? That's a commitment. So cool. <laughs> So yeah, so we'll make sure we link up the book. So no, no worries on that. But the the book basically it is it's talking about peace, obviously overwhelm, and I'm gonna talk a minute about why I want you to share with why you wrote it. But mm. it it highlights several different people and you know men and women in the word and their experiences with finding peace through overwhelm. And it's written in a really cool way. I just want to share this because it's written in a very personal way where Anne just sort of dives in and kind of becomes the person I feel like. And we get to kind of get behind the scenes of the stories that we read. And I know that, you know, we only have what's in the word, but it is really neat to see just to kind of hear it from that perspective and, and go back and then read it 
for ourselves and see what God has to speak to us through these men and women. And mm. if, if you've been following on the anxiety study, we have, we've been looking at some women in the word as well. I mean, some men and women in the word that have suffered through anxiety and, and, you know, God has, has been with them through it, um, yeah. if not delivering them out of it. And so I just think this is a great adjunct for the study. So tell us why you wrote the book. Yeah. About the background. Man, you know, this book really stemmed out of a season in my life where our family had just kind of been met with trial after trial and stressor after stressor and kind of came to a head um, when my husband, who was an associate pastor at the time, was fired for telling the truth. And so it was a really painful situation, but I, I had, you know, I, we'd been dealing with the realities of, okay, we, we were fired several months ago. And when you're part of a church community and your job is your church community, we lost most of our friends as well. Um, Cause we've been slandered. There are a lot of different painful things. And it was a couple months after we'd gotten fired and I had, I don't know what else to call it, Jen, except I just kind of snapped. Um, I had this moment with the Lord where Michael and I were talking, the kids were in bed and I just started yelling, this is not what I signed up for. This is not the life I signed up for. This is not what I want. Mm -hmm. And I was so angry and really underneath that anger with God, I was hurt. Um, And I was afraid, you know, we, so we had the job situations as anyone who's lost a job. And many of us know this, right. Coming out of the pandemic, um, there's financial stressors, there's practical stressors. Um, our, we had, you know, we have a praise God, we have a great marriage, but my husband was really depressed. My son at the time was dealing with a GI condition that he was born with. And so he had a lot of medical issues that day to day we were trying to work around. And I just felt like everybody around me had these picture perfect lives with stable jobs and, uh, husbands that weren't like depressed and kids that were healthy and they didn't have to go to all these doctor's appointments. And I just remember thinking, this is not the life I signed up for. Mm -hmm. God, I, I asked you for something else and where I've ended up is not what I wanted. And I, I think that was one of the times when I was able to be really honest with myself and with the Lord. <laughs> and yet what came out of that night in God's graciousness was my husband asking me, well, what did you think you signed up for? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I write about how none of us sign some like supernatural contract with God when we become believers. It's not like we're like, okay, Lord, I will follow Jesus if I get A, B, and C. Um, But if you're anything like me, I still have had expectations, right? On what my life should look like and what I expect out of my life. And God used that really painful season in our family to painfully, but also gently kind of pull back some of the false expectations I had about my life and drew me again to the truth of the gospel, which is that Jesus himself is the treasure and the prize. And in this world, we are promised that there will be trouble. (laughs) That is the word of Jesus that in this world, you will have trouble, but here's my favorite part of that line. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus doesn't leave us in the middle of our overwhelm and fear and the trouble, he invites us into his overcoming. And for me, that meant going on a journey of diving into scripture and doing biblical study to figure out how I was going to walk in the peace of Christ practically day to day when our 
daily lives were full of a lot of transition and trial and anxiety. And so it was out of that experience and out of that season, really, where God said, Anne, it's time to learn more about how to walk in this peace that my word says you can have. And so, yeah, out of that study, uh, the path to peace was written. And my hope is that it will help equip uh, readers to walk in the peace that Jesus gives us freely, not just like I was kind of experiencing it as an idea rather than as a practical reality. And so my hope is to help women walk in the practical grace of peace that we're given. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things that I heard out of that, that I think that I want to parachute down in for just a second. One yeah. is that we, you know, we, we know this and we, we say this a lot and this is not an unusual thing. John 16 says it, we will have trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we will have trouble. And we do often feel like we know this in our head, <laughs> but we do often kind of feel like God owes us sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we are, maybe we're doing good work. Maybe we're doing the doing, doing, doing. And, and we we kind of get that expectation that, yeah, this yeah. isn't what I signed up for. This is, you, you owe me more than this. And I think mm-hmm. getting to that point and expressing it like you did is sometimes the very, very beginning of healing and Absolutely. recognizing where I am in comparison to where God <laughs> is and what I actually do deserve, yeah. which is death, right? Come and on. what he has given me. Yep with his death on the cross, which is, you know, he's traded my sin for his righteousness. I mean, that is so, so knowing that and knowing that beyond that, I mean, that is a grace enough. That is enough. Mm -hmm. But I do think we live in this world where we do forget these things. And you said, you said something else. You said that you have to be reminded of the gospel on a regular basis. (laughs) Um, Everybody to me at all knows that I say this all the time. We forget we forget these truths of the gospel. We have to be reminded. So I love that. And then the third thing I want to, to kind of hone in on that I think is so critical. When you got to that point, you had a couple of choices, really. Mm-hmm. And your choice was, and what you, and yes, it was through the grace of God giving you a husband that kind of spoke life into you. <laughs> uh, yeah. But whatever the means was, you got to a place where you went to him. Yes. You went to him. And I think for the women who are listening, who are in a place, because I know that someone is in a place where they are feeling this because absolutely being in life, you, you are, yep. someone is, or you have been, or you will be soon yep. knowing where to turn and knowing where to find the answers and know it's not in our husbands as good as that is. It's not in our church body as good as that is. Although I do highly recommend you all be involved and accountable to a church body. Hundred percent, preach, Jen. But yeah, Preaching absolutely. The choir over here. <laughs> but it Good. is really, at, it's really at, at its heart. It's going to the the one who created us and the one who saved us and the one who can yep. deliver us. Yes. So I love that. I love that you said that you went yes. to the Word and you fleshed it out yourself. Yeah. And when you did that, so mm-hmm. God was gracious to speak to you through His Word, as He always is. And oh, let right. me tell you guys. Anne is not, you know, she's not some super Christian person. I'm, nope. I'm sure you are super and you are Christian. But <laughs> oh, I'm just as I. broken as everybody. Right. Yep. Neither is AJ. Neither is your pastor. Neither. We're not, yep. we're not any more special than you are. You mm-hmm. too can go to the word mm-hmm. and hear from God. That's the cool yep. thing about where we live, how we live, the time we live in. So 
tell us a little bit about what God spoke to you when you went to him. Yeah. Well, gosh, I have so many thoughts here and you're, you're I know, like, there's so much, I'm sorry. No, you're revving my engine, Jen. Cause I'm like, <laughs> oh man, we could talk about this for so long. Um, so I want to get into kind of peace as a, an idea first, but one thing I want to back up real quickly is, you know, you said we turn to the Lord and we, we have to come to terms with, okay, what do I believe I deserve? You know what <laughs> healed me in the best sense of like, this isn't the life I signed up for. This isn't what I wanted. It was reading the scripture and I was reading about the lives of these men and women in the Bible. It was reading about Moses and reading about Ruth and reading about Mary Magdalene and reading about Paul and saying, and uh, Sarah, the wife of Abraham, good night. Do you think they signed up for their lives? Like the toil and the trial and the pain. And yet we regard them now as great heroes of the faith. They were just regular men and women trying to stumble along, trying to obey God the best way they knew how. And simply because they kept saying yes, simply because they didn't give up, God held them they were able to do what God had called them to do. And their lives stand for us as these beautiful pictures of faith. But, but yeah, it's not like Abraham was like, you know, what sounds like a great life, just following a brand new God. I've never heard of going somewhere. I don't know. And leaving all of my wealth and everything that I thought I had set up in my life. Like that's not what, what he would have signed up for, nor Sarah, you know, she didn't have any choice in the matter. So, and they did it so imperfectly too. Oh my gosh. I I know. I love that the, that the Bible, that the word of God tells us how imperfectly they did this. Yes. And, you know, one of your, one of your people is Sarah and yes. And the, how imperfect Abraham and Sarah, how they all were and how we get to see that insight into Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. some of their stress and anxiety and non-peace was of their own making. Absolutely. To see that, but yet they are called faithful in the end. Yeah. Yes, they and are. I think that is an inc- that's a super big encouragement. I mean, I, I love is. I love reading about these people because I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they were. God does not expect perfection. His heart is for us to follow and trust and obey. And when we do that, he can carry us through anything. I mean, quite literally. And there's grace in that. Yes. Um, okay, but back to sorry, just a little side note there. I couldn't let that go. But oh, no, that's okay. Um, We got got no agenda. We're just, I love it. I love it. Um, But yeah, as I was studying, you know, this biblical concept of peace and looking at the lives of these men and women, one thing that I think is important to note is that um, peace, which is what we're all longing for. A lot of times I think as as women, as Christian women, we are talking about the peace of God, right? That we want the the experiential peace that we long for on a day-to-day basis. And that is hugely important. And God wants us to experience that. But I think it's important that we back up first and we talk about peace with God, which is a biblical concept um, that we learn about in Romans 5.1. And this is that peace that Jesus has won for us through his life, his death, and his resurrection. And you can't have the peace of God (laughs) unless you first have peace with God. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is, it's what first John two, two says that he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so we're no longer God's enemies, right? Before the life, death and resurrection of Christ, we stood as God's enemies in judgment, but we no longer have the wrath of God upon us because Jesus has taken that wrath through payment for our sins. And now Jesus has made the way for us to have right relationship with God 
through that death and the resurrection. And so now we have peace with God through Christ. And this is the baseline of any other kind of peace that we can have in the Lord. So, you know, if there's anyone listening today who's going, I'm not sure if I actually have peace with God. I've grown up in the church. I've heard about Jesus. But if you're not sure if you have peace with God through Christ, today is the day of salvation. There is opportunity for you to know and love and walk with Jesus today. Uh, The gift is on the other side of that beautiful, precious treasure of salvation, which as you said earlier, Jen, you know, we deserve death. And yet we have been given life in Christ. Then we get to work toward walking in the peace of God, which um, Jesus talks about one of my favorite verses in John 14, 27, when he says, peace, I leave with you, my peace, I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Um, You know, if you want to read Philippians four, six, and seven, this is a great verse when the apostle Paul talks about, don't be anxious about it, anything, you know and everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is that peace that doesn't make any sense when our lives are crazy and they feel out of control, when our day-to-day circumstances overwhelm us. This is that peace that it's the concept of having a soul that is at rest in God. Mm-hmm. because biblically there's a lot of different ways actually to define peace. We have Shalom. We have the concept of peace between nations, um, peace between peoples, peace between God and man, as we just talked about, but this experiential peace, having a soul that is contented and a soul that is at rest exactly where you are because of who God is and because of your relationship with him. And that's the kind of peace that enables us to rest in the promises of God regardless of what we're, you know, staring down the barrel at. I love that distinction because you're right. I think most of us, we think of peace as being, um, you know, trouble-free and, and, you know, circumstantial and things like that. And, and really peace is not the, the absence of, of, of struggle, but it is the oneness with God when we're, Mm -hmm. when, 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 Christ is in us and we are in Christ. And, and that was done for us. That's the cool thing about this. And that's what, that's what we've been talking about. That was done for us already on the cross. And, and we were enemies, you know, you talk about peace and you can extend that metaphor a little bit more, even if you think about peace between even nations and, and our earthly examples, I mean, we were enemies to God and through the work of Christ on the cross, we now we're no longer enemies. We're children of him. We're at peace with him and one with him. So I do love that. So, okay. So we, so, and we know this, and you know, some of us know this. And if you're just hearing this for the first time, reach out, holler at us. We'll share with you more about it. Amen. Listen, listen, go back and listen to the peace episode. There's a, I don't know where it is. It's somewhere. There's a peace <laughs> episode somewhere in there. back there a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months, who knows? Um, and we talk about this a little bit more in depth about about these differences in peace. And I love that we're bringing this up and reminding ourselves again of this. Yeah. Because yeah. um, we have to remember. But how does that translate then into mm-hmm. when I am really having a rough circumstantial time? And I yep. understand that. And I know that. And how what 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 do I need to do? Yep. and feel and how does it how does it translate? Yep, great. Help question. me out on my, me out on my day-to-day. 
Yep. Brass tacks. Here we go. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't have like the, uh, anything new really. I'm just repeating what's in the Bible, but it's, it's because it's transformative and praise God. The means of grace are not hard for us to achieve. They're hard to do, but they're not far from us. Um, so the three main ways that I see scripturally, and I've seen in my own life to walk in this piece practically come through immersing yourself in your mind in the word of God to mm-hmm. combat the lies and to combat the fears. When we rest our minds in the word of God and we meditate on the word of God and we read the word of God, it changes how we think and it changes how we see because the word of God is alive and active. It transforms us. Yeah. We might not feel like it. We might feel like we're eating our vegetables, <laughs> but in our souls, the word of God transforms us. And so first things first, if you are living, you know, you're, you're fearful, you're anxious, you're worried, make sure you're actually getting in the word, make sure that you're actually going there. And this means doing the hard things of turning the TV off or setting your phone on airplane mode or going for a walk and putting, you know, the Bible in your ears to listen to it. If you can't even bring yourself to focus long enough to read, get intentional and a little crazy about making sure that you're getting your mind in the word of God, because that is the thing that's going to anchor us and ground us in truth, which fights against the lies that are seeking to make us anxious. The second thing is prayer and prayer can be really hard to do. It can be really hard to even quiet our minds enough uh, when we're feeling so overwhelmed. And so sometimes I think for me, it's just kind of getting out of my normal routine of prayer. Like, yeah, prayer walks are a great thing. Um, I love to sing hymns as a way of kind of centering my mind on the Lord, because a lot of the old hymns are just the word of God. And then they kind of help me quiet my spirit enough to pray, praying with a friend, um, praying on, you know, over the phone, like just turn the phone on, ask a friend if they will just sit with you or pray for you. um, If, if you can't pray for yourself. And that leads into the third thing which is being a part of biblical Christ-centered community. Mm -hmm. I don't know any of us who can walk in peace by ourselves because we are meant to be part of the body. And I think of um, one of my girlfriends in the last couple of years who went through a really difficult divorce and is now a single mom. Her life was in total chaos and pain, but seeing the church come around her, Mm -hmm. you know, her small group, the people in our community, practically take care of her needs, meals and babysitting and finding a new car for her and helping her figure out her mortgage as a single woman, like this kind of stuff. You need the body of Christ to actually be able to walk in peace because you can read the word on your own and you absolutely should. You can pray on your own and we absolutely should. But there comes a point where we're going to be so struggling so much that we can't, we, we can't, we don't even know how to pray. We, We can't even open our own Bibles. And I remember for my friend, we would go over to her house and literally just as she was weeping on the couch, we would be praying the word over her. We would be reading the word over her. She couldn't do it for herself, but her community could do it for her. Yeah. And that's why I love what you're saying, Jen. I'm a, you know, I'm a pastor's wife. Yeah, me too. I been, I, yeah, woo. Um, and I don't know about you, but I have been wounded by the church so deeply. And yet the church is still the bride of Christ. Yeah. It is still the hope of the world. And that the church is where we find our healing and the community that's going to help us make it to be faithful to the end, to walk in Jesus. On the, on the flip side of that, it gives us a place to, to serve. And so to be able to be the hands and feet of Christ when others are in despair, maybe you're not in a place where you, where you're necessarily needing that, but there's someone that is, and you can be 
that reminder of who he is. There is a piece to be experienced as you're pouring out to others too. You know, as you're serving, as you're giving, um, as you're making a meal for someone or holding their hand where they're, while they're crying or babysitting their kids so they can actually go like take a shower by themselves. You know, God extends his peace and his grace to us too, as we're serving. And it's the beautiful give and take of the body of Christ is that all of us are going to be in seasons where we need others to help extend the peace of Christ to us through service. And all of us are going to be in seasons at another time where we get to be the ones that extend that peace right. and that love and presence of Jesus. And it's both in, and it's wonderful. I will say, I'm sure there are some women listening right now who are like, well, that's great, but um, I've never had anyone reach out to me at church, or I feel so lonely, or I haven't been in church. And maybe just as an encouragement and a bit of a challenge, I would say probably 90, let's let's make up a stat, 98 times out of 100 (laughs) in my life, um, I have had to be the one to reach out first. I have had to be the one to say, Hey, you know what? Cause we've, we've joined many multiple new churches with and without my husband being on staff. And usually I'm the one saying, uh, you know what, can we join your small group and <laughs> just inviting myself in, or, uh, I really want to study the Bible with some other women. Hey, I don't know you, but do, are you interested in reading the Bible together? Okay, great. Uh, people are starving for that Christian community. That's going to help us walk in the Lord's peace. And so if that's not something you have, maybe this is just your encouragement to go invite someone else in. I, I can almost guarantee you they're going to say yes because they want it just as badly as you do. Yeah. Yeah, that that's really good encouragement. As you were talking about service and and you know being in these different places, there's also that that weird in between where you are you're hurting, mm-hmm. you're going through this difficult time, and yet as you mentioned, you can actually find healing through serving and through serving yeah. others. And it reminded me yeah. of, one of your characters. <laughs> one of, and I hate to say characters, one of the women. They're yeah. not, not, you know, they're not characters, they're actual people, but one of the women in your book, and you actually chose to talk through Mary Magdalene in yeah. your book. And yeah. which is not a um a figure that we get a lot of teaching on because we don't mm-hmm. we don't know a ton about her, but we know enough. Right. We yeah, know we enough. And um and you know one of your points was how she was she found peace through service after Christ yeah. died, and she the for her first instinct was to serve. And 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 I guess my point in that is saying that sometimes we need to get outside of ourselves. We're in a place of overwhelmed and a place of anxiety. And there are times where we can't, where we physically do need other people. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And emotionally, but there are times too, where we need to maybe, and I'm, and, and, and this is kind of a, this might be a stepping on toes episode, but there are <laughs> some times too, where we need to maybe get outside of ourselves a little bit. Yeah. And we need to look beyond to others in our community or others in our sphere of influence and mm-hmm. others that are also hurting and, and become a servant yeah. to them. Yeah. And, and that in and of itself will be such a grace and a reminder of Christ who was the servant for all. And absolutely pulls us right back to the gospel. Mm. And so I think there is a balance there and there is a time where you're in a great place and you're serving and there's a time when you're in this deep valley and you can do nothing but allow people to help you. And then most of us live in this kind of middle zone. Yep. That's so true. Of the time 
where we have things, right? We have issues. We have hurts. We have pains. We have heartaches. We have struggles. We have a relationship problem. We have financial issues. We have whatever it is, but yet we can still get outside of ourselves a little bit. We can recognize God's Mm -hmm. goodness, his grace, his faithfulness through service. Amen. Well, and that is something that actually kind of surprised me a little bit as I was studying the life of Mary Magdalene and reading through her story, because you're right. Scripturally, we don't have a ton about her life. We know these little bits. Obviously, she was the woman who Jesus freed from seven demons, you know, and perhaps not surprisingly, she became one of his most devoted disciples. I love that she was allowed to follow Jesus as a woman and be one of his disciples. You know, Jesus loved that um, and allowed women to follow him and be part of his little traveling group. Um, but yeah, as I was studying her life, you know, we see, um, if you read in Luke 23 or Mark 15, that after Jesus had died, his body's being brought down and Mary Magdalene, um, and it says Mary, the mother of Joseph saw where he was laid. They were like tracking, they were kind of sneaking after and following to make sure that they knew where the body of Jesus was. So what we see right on Easter morning, that story where the women went to the tomb because they were going to, they brought spices. They were going to make sure he was appropriately anointed for burial um, because uh, ostensibly there wasn't enough time the night that he actually was buried. They had to wait. The Sabbath was taking place. And yet what we see is that Mary was ready to serve her. Mm -hmm. Her Lord had just died. The one who had literally brought her out of destruction and darkness and demonic oppression this man she'd been following and loved and wanted to follow for the rest of her life had died. She thought life as she knew it was over, but her response in that is to serve him mm-hmm. is to try to care for him. And the only way she could then, which was to make sure that his body was properly anointed and prepared for burial. And, you know, I have to imagine, obviously we don't know, but the, those ointments and the spices that they were preparing for him, Uh, that night that he died. And then they would have had to wait on the Sabbath and maybe even the morning before they went to the tomb. Surely she was weeping as she was preparing these things. Surely um, she was probably with some of the other women who also were going to the tomb. They were crying together. They were weeping together. They were maybe remembering Jesus together. They had no idea that the resurrection was just around the corner, but their heart was to serve him and to care for him, even in his death as an act of love as an act of um, even valuing him when others wouldn't. And, you know, the Bible highlights this truth for us that when we serve, even in the midst of our own pain, it actually is a gift to us. Um, This is from second Corinthians one, three and four and blessed be the God and father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. There is this give and take. And as you said, Jen, so many of us are in this middle ground of no, our lives aren't in total chaos and darkness, but we're also dealing with a lot of anxieties, stressors, fears, tensions. Yeah. Like you said, relationally, financially, maybe in our jobs, maybe in our marriage, maybe with our kids, but we have an opportunity in those tender places, even of our own lives to serve others in small ways, Mm -hmm. maybe at first, you know, maybe it's just asking a friend if they want to grab coffee and being a listening ear. Maybe it's doing some sort of, you know, small donation of time at your church or your children's school. 
those type of small things gives us an opportunity to comfort others. And at the same time, we are comforted by God. We are met with his presence and therefore his peace because he is the Prince of Peace. So where his presence is, there is peace as we reach out. And it's hard, but it also usually, I've learned this the hard way, it keeps us from from wallowing further in despair and from going down the path of even more uh, sorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and not to put too much on, I'm mean, not, not to definitely put too much on this. And this is, again, this goes back to, do not hear me in saying that when we serve, we are owed anything. Right. But in this particular story, it was the women's service that yep. put them in a position to see Christ. Absolutely. And to, and, and to be the first that he mm. saw. And, mm. and again, that's all the sovereignty of God. And that is not to say that we are owed anything, but we will be, we, we are in a position of relationship with him and we will see him if we allow him and we see him through the word, through prayer, Mm -hmm. through these things that you've already mentioned. That's how we see him. And I think this example is really kind of cool to me that it put her in a position to better see Christ. And, And that seeing of him, that literal seeing of him, the, uh, the resurrected Christ is yes, she had received peace from her demons. She mm-hmm. had received the peace and in her circumstantial peace, her freedom, right? Her freedom. But it was not until then that she received true peace. Absolutely. Peace with God through the sacrifice of Christ. Yeah. And, and she was able to, to see that. And I don't know, mm-hmm. I, again, I, I don't want to read too much into it, but I love thinking through those kind of things and knowing that I now have the same exact, the same exact relationship, the same exact piece, the same thing, because that work has been done because, you know, I'm 2000 years removed from where Mary was, but it's the same grace and the same wholeness with God, the same peace, the same reconciliation, the same propitiation, the same thing. It's the same. And, and and that's not just me. And that's not just Anne. That's for you too, if you're trusting in that as well. So yes. And an encouragement with that too. I mean, it's just beautiful because as you said, Mary was, was freed from her demons, but yeah, her ultimate peace didn't come until the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. And so for any listeners too, who are maybe like, you know, I, I have found some freedom in Christ, but I still wrestle with X, Y, and Z. I still am not walking in total freedom in these areas of my life. I'm asking God to heal me. I'm, I want to grow in sanctification. The encouragement is Christ does want to free you, but the truth is we will all struggle with sin to some degree and and brokenness to some degree, but there is a day coming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is a day coming. We have freedom through Christ's resurrection and there is a day coming where all will be made new. And every tear will be wiped away and every stress and anxiety and fear will finally be done when Christ comes again. Yes. And just as Mary got a foretaste of that, seeing Jesus on that resurrection Sunday, we can lift our eyes to our rabbi, to our teacher, to the one who has risen and say, God, with the anxieties and stressors I carry right now, I want to walk in peace. And he wants to give that to us, but also we can trust that there is a day coming when we will finally be free of all those anxieties and fears when Jesus comes again. Yeah. 
Amen. Amen. I, I actually, that's a great place for us to kind of close out our conversation because <laughs> um, it just, it doesn't get a whole lot better than that. Mm, praise um, God. Yeah, it, it really does it. And so that that's super encouraging. And thank you so much for chatting with me and what I get to be here. chatting with, with you listeners. If you're listening, I know that you um, have been encouraged. I'm good. We're going to make sure that we link up all the places that we can find you and where they can find your book. Yes. Great. Uh, really interesting. Like I said, I've just recently gone through it and I was super encouraged. I encourage you guys all to go through it as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. and, and yeah, I really just, just go get it. Just go grab it. Listen to <laughs> Anne on audible. If you want, if you're a listener, because then you get like the full immersion, you feel like you'll, you can be her uh, her friend, be my friend. I know. I love it. I love that. I love that. Or you can pick it up and read it too. Either way. It's fine. Yeah. But, um, but definitely do that. Um, and, and go and recognize and recognize these truths for yourself and be encouraged by the gospel first and foremost. And g- when you're in this place of overwhelm, when you're at this place of wondering what it's all about, go to the word, go to God. He is a good and and faithful God to be with you and to give you peace. Now, the the peace that comes, you know, because of of having the Holy Spirit here, but he also, much more importantly, will give you that peace with him so that you one day will see this beautiful eternity that Anna's talking about. So thanks for being with me, Anne. Oh, thanks, Jen. It's such a gift. Appreciate you. All right. We'll see you guys next time. And we'll be back next Monday talking about something, you know, never quite sure what. And so (laughs) we'll be back though. And leave us a comment. Let Ann know how she encouraged you and pointed you to the word because that's what it's all about. And we will see you then. Bye-bye. All right. We have a special gift for you that's related to this anxiety series on the podcast. And if you'll head over to sojohub.com, you can pick up our free scripture reading plan on overcoming overcoming anxiety. anxiety. That's right. It's it's just there's scriptures that are important to learn and memorize. And I think they'll be good for, I know they'll be good for yourself because yes. it's the word of God. Calm our hearts. Yeah, completely free. Sojohub.com. <laughs>Are there areas in your life where you feel like you need to simplify a bit? My guess is yes. Several years ago, AJ and I identified seven areas that we felt like um, were important to simplify in order to focus on most important things in life and primarily our relationship with God. What we are doing is pulling that out of the vault, and we are doing Simplify Your Life Summer 2024 Edition. We invite you to join us. We are excited about it and look forward to seeing you there. Go check out sojohub.com slash simplify for more information.